All right, this is Marcus Hansen, and we're here with Marco Carducci of Cavalry FC, the new CPL team that just formed. Um, this is our next episode of Amateur Spotlight. Funny enough, Marco just ended up signing a pro contract, so this will be a pro spotlight pretty soon. But Marco, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem, no problem. So, Marco, we'll get right into it, and we just want you to tell the, tell the listeners what position you play, where you're from, and maybe share with us your favorite club team. Yeah. Uh, born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, and my favorite club team is SS Lazio. Okay, nice, nice. Are you Italian? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Was there a, is there a family tie there, or was it just a team you always supported when you were young? 100% family tie. <laughs> my, uh, my dad was a huge fan, and is a huge fan, and, uh, and his dad was a fan. That's where they, they're from that part of Italy, uh, just outside of Rome. Fantastic. So, so I've been... Uh, That's good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into it. We'll jump right into it. Your youth career in Calgary. So I know you played on a couple teams. I have some here. MSB United, McKenzie FC, Calgary Villains. Um, so what was it like playing in Calgary, and how was your how, how would you describe your youth career? Uh, so, yeah, like you said, I, I, I bounced around a, a bit when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. The first club that you mentioned there. Uh, was when I was really young, to be fair. So, you know, just kind of like that grassroots stage and, and getting into it. Gotcha. Um, I spent most of my time with Calgary Villains. Okay. And that's where I think I, um, you know, got into a more competitive environment. Um, quite a few very good players I played with um, around my age group. Definitely. Went through that club. And, and um, so, yeah, all in all, though, uh, really good really good time and I think uh, like I said there was a lot of a lot of great competition even at that stage looking back which helped prepare me for you know the next step in my career definitely and uh, we have a lot of young listeners that listen to the podcast when did you kind of and this is just a question for them but when did you kind of realize that soccer was getting serious you moved over to this club the Calgary Villains very well known club in Calgary Um, when did you kind of know that you know what this might be something I'm going to start taking seriously um yeah, great question. I think I was always, I've always been in love with the sport, and I love playing goalkeeper. Um, basically, around I'd say around nine or ten years old is when I fully committed to playing in goal. Yeah, and then and then probably by maybe a couple of years after that. So let's say you know twelve, thirteen. Um, I started obviously kind of working my way up. Started playing with the provincial program, yeah. that kind of thing, and I, and I realized then I was like, you know what? I obviously was, was training a lot, training hard, and um, I think right around that stage, so probably around thirteen years old, I realized, you know, like this is definitely something that uh, I've wanted to take seriously, and now I can see that, um, yeah, this could be this could be something. Fantastic, fantastic, and piggybacking on what you said I was just about to ask you so when you did play for the provincial teams what age groups did you represent at that provincial level so it started with the under 13s they had an under 13 program um, I played a year up my first year okay so that was kind of around that time like I said at 12, 13 years old where I uh, started realizing hey I can uh, you know I'm playing up a year that kind of thing so, so that was a great experience for me uh, then the next year I played with my age level, so 1996 born, yeah. uh, at that U13. The year after that was uh, under 14s, played with the, uh, the All-Star Nationals. Yeah. Um, and then the next year after that I also represent, I played up a year with the under 16, same thing, All-Star okay, Nationals. Wow. So kind of worked my way up those, 
Definitely, definitely. And um, how did you guys do at some of those tournaments? Any, any, any golds? Any tops or top two finishes or anything yeah, like that? Uh, no goals, no top two either. Unfortunately, uh, with the under fourteens, we we did get the bronze medal. Okay, um, nice. And I won the golden glove at that tournament. Fantastic. So I had a very good, uh, very good time on the last. Yeah. Um, I think the and it's funny we're, we're good friends now, but. For the U16, so two years up, it was uh, Maxime Cripo. Oh yeah, also won the Golden Glove for his age group with Quebec. Um, but then, unfortunately, with the 16s, we we didn't end up uh, meddling. I remember we had quite a good team, but it just kind of fell apart for us. Gotcha, gotcha. And who are some, um, just to play play history, but who are some of the guys that you, you mentioned Maxime Cripo, but who are some other guys that you, you played against in those tournaments that you really remember? Uh, well, for my age group, uh, you know, we basically, a year or two later, a lot of guys ended up becoming teammates with the national team, right? So yeah. I remember playing uh, like so Jordan Hamilton yeah. uh, on Ontario. Just, again, you could name, the list goes on kind of thing, but more or less all the teammates I had going through um, the, the under-17 national team, which, like I said, was a, a couple of years later. Definitely. Um, you saw, and then, like I said, I looked, looked up and saw guys like Maxine Cripo, mm-hmm. um at the time, like Bryce Alderson, those kind of guys, uh, Sam Piet, yeah. who were a couple years older, and at the time we were looking up at these guys who were really good players, obviously, so it was kind of cool. Fantastic, fantastic. And as a as a young player, who was your inspiration, maybe on the field and off the field, like someone um, that you kind of look up to? Uh, without a doubt, my dad. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention this earlier, but yeah, basically, you know, from the time I became a goalkeeper, mm-hmm. part of that was was part of my dad kind of nudging me in that direction too. But uh, I've always loved the position, and like I said, he kind of just just got me into it full time, and basically from the time that I started playing goal till when I left for Vancouver. My dad was my coach and, you know, he still kind of is in some ways, right? Give me those, those little tips or if we chat about games and performances, that kind of thing every now and then. Of course. But, uh, but for sure, him, like, like I said, he was my coach and I was super fortunate to have him, um, you know, just that made it really simple to get great training, right? We'd go in the backyard and, and train, you know, almost every day. That's fantastic. And, uh, and then also just having him to, to push me and support me, help get me, without a doubt, if not the biggest part of getting me where I am today. That's fantastic. That, was he a goalkeeper yeah. himself? He was, and, you know, he still, he still plays a little bit. I think he's in the over 45s now. Oh, wow. Bit, so, Look at that. Uh, yeah, he's, he's enjoying it too, but, but in his day, he, he played as well. So, like I said, I, I, the, the story goes that I, I liked it. Uh, as a kid, like even before, you know, just when you're really young, playing around, I always liked to hop and goal. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't personally remember that too much, but uh, <laughs> that's what I was told. But um, yeah, he definitely because he played and, and loved the position. He kind of, kind of got me, passed that love down onto me. For sure. Kind of For yeah. sure. And who were some, who were some players that you used to look up to? Some goalies that, um, that really you tried to model your game after. There's so many, right? I think I think um, kind of as as the years have gone by, different goalkeepers come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, one name that, without a doubt, and this is what makes him so special, his name hasn't come and went, uh, come and gone. I should say is uh, Gianluigi Buffon. Yeah, easily, easily my favorite. I got, you know, uh, I've been watching 
since this is as long as I can remember, and he's still arguably at the top of his game. Oh, for um, sure. For what he's doing at his age is unbelievable. Um, but 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 more or less, I, I like to just pick out the best bits or, or parts of goalkeepers that I really liked or, or areas that I think I could add into my game. Definitely. And that was the way that was the way I kind of went on. So you know, nowadays you can talk about the De Gea's of the world and the Tusturgans and whatnot and say, yeah, yeah what, what do they do so well um, that I can, you know, try to take and add into my game. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. What do you think your best quality is as a keeper? I know some guys, trademark, I, I got great distribution. Some guys, it's my shot-stopping ability. Um, what do you think your best your best attribute is as a keeper? Uh, I, like, I like to think that I'm quite well-rounded in terms of the, the technical side of things, the mm-hmm. physicality, the distribution. Um, I do um, think my distribution is a strong point of my game. Yeah. But, the, but the one area I will say is I, I think I add um, just a, a presence, and I think that's something I've, I've worked on and been quite good at you know, through, through the ages and now really trying to hone in on it at the pro game is, is to be a leader on the field, right? And I think that's such a huge part of goalkeeping is just being a calm presence at the back, uh, someone who's reliable, uh, your team can trust, and, and also, like I said, just a, just a leader, right? Someone you hear and, um, you know, day in, day out, always there for the team and, and just consistent doing your job. For sure, for sure. And we'll talk about that. And we, we're going to get into your, your run in the PDL team when that was on full display um, this summer. I just wanted to quickly talk about Vancouver. So you're at Calgary. Um, you're in the Calgary Youth System. And then you make the jump to the Whitecaps Academy. What was that whole transition like? And how did it even come about? Um, so it, I would say it came about kind of over time. I think I had mentioned... Um, playing with Alberta the the All-Star Nationals and whatnot yep uh, I think my, I, I got a bit more exposure with that kind of stuff and obviously just um, you know had, had some good performances there and I think I got on the radar kind of thing um, they had a big combine okay in the spring of 2011 okay. uh, where they invited in a lot of players as as and as they I mean the White Cats they yep. um, were expanding their residency program yep so I got invited into that. So I think they did quite a lot of scouting beforehand. I was also in the uh, NTC program. So I think, again, just kind of um, consistent, consistently watching and, and scouting kind of thing. Definitely. Um, but I got invited into the, that combine, and then that resulted in me being uh, eventually uh, invited to join the program. So once that happened, I, for me, it was obviously never an easy move to, to move away from home I was 14 going on 15 at the time so oh, wow. pretty young yeah very um, young very young but at the end of the day it was it was a pretty simple decision for me I, I knew right away that as soon as I got selected I was like here we go kind of thing you know so uh, and the rest is history, as I say. Fantastic, fantastic. And I just wanted to ask, how was it like family-wise when, like you said, 14, 15, probably just entering high school around that age, what was it like to, you know what, I'm, guys, I'm leaving, I'm going away to Vancouver. What's that whole transition like? Uh, well, first and foremost, my family um, you know, obviously supported me the whole way. Uh, came to visit me often. I'm fortunate being in Calgary, the hour time change isn't a big deal and we live in the time of you know FaceTime and Skype and whatnot so yeah. I could stay relatively close to home which really helped mm-hmm. um, it definitely wasn't easy by any means um, but but one thing 
will say as well is that um, I was very, very fortunate. And this was something that the club did super well. Is um, I live with a fantastic Bill of family who, okay. who really are like a second family to me now. That's um, great. And, and that really helped ease that transition, right? You came into a, a home that super welcoming people and uh, just made me feel right at home. And, and like I said, to this day, I, I keep in touch with them all the time. And they really are like a second family f- for me. So really fortunate to have that too. That definitely made that, that process a whole lot easier. I could imagine. I could imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're at, you're at the White Caps. You're training on the day-to-day. What is that like? Um, if you can just describe like a typical day that would be at the academy. You know, it was. It's funny because it was an entire. It was such a big shift, right? I remember yep. uh, the first week going there. I, I was so tired by the end of the day, just because the, the workload was different. The training level was so much higher mm-hmm. that I was like dead tired by like eight thirty, and I was just out. <laughs> that was kind of like my uh, my uh, early introduction. So we basically. Um, you know, everything was more or less taken care of and structured, which, yep. was, which was great and shows how professionally run the program is. Um, what it basically turned out to be was, you know, you'd, you'd go to school in the morning. Yep. Uh, a couple of days a week, we would have a morning workout before school. So those would be nice, fun, early mornings oh, for us. Oh, yeah, I could imagine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we, we'd all get all the, quite a few of the players worked out with it. Um, so we'd all get picked up, go to school. Um, we finished school about an hour and a half earlier than regular okay. to go train. Yeah, so so we'd go again all together, get on the bus, drive us over in training, which is not a long drive, only a couple minutes away. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we trained. So in the academy, we, we trained for what, like 3 to 5, something on our 2.30 to 4.30, right around there. Okay. Um, and then that was basically the day. It was kind of on repeat like that. We, we then had home, and obviously at that point you – have to make sure you're staying on top of your school and whatnot and then the process was was just uh, repeated the next day <laughs> so it was, it was very structured yeah. um but like i said i mean you know you i came from you know local youth soccer here and had some great experiences with provincial teams and traveling around with my my club team experiencing europe and whatnot but then when you go in and you live that that professional environment day in day out you you realize what it's like to be in a professional environment, right? For to sure. be an aspiring pro. And that was, uh, everything revolves around, you know, you making sure you're at your best and working hard every day. And it was definitely a, a change. But uh, like I said, it was it was well run and, and very structured. And um, I guess you can see why, you know, a lot, quite a lot of youth players from that academy have, have gone on to either sign with the first team or, or move elsewhere. Yeah, they've done done some great things. And speaking of that, you've done some great things as well. You ended up representing Canada at the U17, U20, and U23 level um, through that Whitecaps Academy and just your progression as a keeper. Um, talk, if you could just talk about those experiences and what was it like getting your first call at U17? Man, uh, that was, I, I do remember that. That's why I actually got called into a camp in, I think it was November of 2011. Yeah. Um, and actually, Rob Gale was the coach of that team that was with a 95 age group, so I was playing up a year. Um, and it was a fantastic experience, my first call up with the national team. But I remember knowing, obviously, that you know we were the age group for the U-17s, and I remember getting that email saying, hey, you're, you're coming to our camp. We went to Italy, actually, which was an awesome trip. Wow. Um, it was, I mean, you know, looking back at it now, it's it's 
it's obviously still an, an incredible memory. But at the time, it was just it was unbelievable, right? It was of course the, the, the pinnacle at that time. You know, you're 15, 16 years old, and um, having the opportunity to represent your country at any level. And of like course. you mentioned, I was able to do that at the, the 17s, the 20s, and the 23s. Um, it's just it's what you play for, really, at the end of the day, right? To get those opportunities and. Um, Representing Canada is, is is always an honor and a privilege, and um, you know the first time it happened, it was like yeah, I was over the moon. Yeah, of course, I I, I could imagine. And um, who were some of the guys that you played with on on those teams that are doing some things now? Again, playing kind of like the history part of things. Uh, yeah, with the seventeens, obviously the team every now and then would would kind of change a bit in terms of you know. It was like a two-year cycle before yeah. we actually even got to the World Cup or about a year and a half, whatever it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, there were guys, so including myself, um, Alex Comcia, a good buddy of mine. Yeah. Uh, Eli Rubos, uh, Kian Froze, Marco Bustos, guys that played in the Whitecaps, Jordan Haynes. Yeah. Um, Jordan Hamilton. Fantastic. Guy. Wow. Quite, quite a few guys who... Uh, and that's just to name a few. There's definitely, definitely more in that, in that group that uh, have gone on to do really good things. That's fantastic. And how'd you guys do? How'd you guys do in the World Cup? And what was your best finish on so either team? We uh, we were, went to the 2013 uh, U17 World Cup in, in the UAE, which yeah. was a super cool experience. We we played all our group games in Dubai and got to see some pretty cool things out there. Fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, in terms of soccer, we we didn't make it out of the group. Gotcha. Um, we finished third in the group, and so we played um, played Austria, Iran, and Argentina. Okay, um, gotcha. we, we tied the first two games and then lost to Argentina in the last one, but it was uh, nonetheless uh, an incredible experience. And, uh, you know, let's just... We played in the World Cup, right? Like, of course, you, of course. Youth or, youth or not, it, it was still definitely a... A really cool experience, and That's you know, un- unfortunately, we couldn't make it through. But uh, uh, you know, all in all, it was it was an incredible experience. Definitely. And how do you take those experiences, and then you you go back to Whitecaps? So every time you have a camp, you go back, or a tournament, you go back. Do you come with a new void of confidence, or is it more like you know what? Um, just back to the grind. Like, how does it do? How does it play on your mind that you you just came back from representing Canada, and now you're going back to one of the three only academies in Canada? Mm-hmm. No, good question. Um, I think it was, a, it was a bit of a balance of both, right? Obviously, you came back with new confidence. It's hard, impossible not to be. Of course. Um, but also in a positive way in terms of saying, hey, you know, we played against Mexico several times, for example, and, and you know, you, you see a different level, yeah. right? Even at that at that stage or, or even at the World Cup, right? We played against those teams, um, all three teams, but Argentina in particular, you know, you go play these guys and you're like, you know, I can see that change but also know that I'm that I'm there right Definitely. that we can compete at that level and whatnot. So, so you take confidence from that um, but at the same time where, where I talk about the balance is you know you go back and you're like alright great fantastic experience everyone's happy for you but uh, we got training right yeah, or, or it's on to the next thing right so and I think I think you need to also as a player be able to um, you know hold yourself accountable in that sense to be like alright well that was a great experience and learned a lot and I got some more confidence from it but like you said you know it's back to the grind and, and we keep going definitely 100% feel that so uh, you, you're at Whitecaps and you had a pretty long career there um, you're at the academy for a pretty long time 
How was the transition of moving to play for Rio Grande Valley, and how did that whole situation go down? Yeah, so I uh, ended up, I think, all in all, I think it was a total of about six and a half years I spent on yeah. Vancouver, so it definitely was quite a while. It was pretty much all from, like I said, from 15 to 20 years old, 21, I, I spent in, uh, in Vancouver. So um, after three seasons with the first team, uh, didn't my contract didn't get renewed and I, I was at a point where I wasn't playing a lot uh, which was definitely a difficult time for me mm-hmm. um, and I felt like in a lot of ways just without that playing time and um, I, it was kind of just plateauing in a way you know and, and for a goalkeeper in particular it's, it's super important to get that those minutes right so um, the end of the 2016 season I left yeah. and um, an opportunity came up through the Houston Dynamo and their affiliate team in the USL, the RGV Toros. So yeah. um, that was in part with uh, Marius Rovda, the goalkeeper coach at the time in Vancouver, the first team goalkeeper coach. Gotcha. Um, was he's good good friends with the first team goalkeeper coach at Houston. So uh, they took me on and and went down there and uh, yeah, I, I did also spend a bit of time with Minnesota United. Okay. Uh, for, during preseason, gotcha. Uh, in 2016, and then and then I ended up uh, signing with the Toros in the USL. F- fantastic! And um, what is it like being a being a free agent soccer player? Again, just trying to educate some guys that listen, some younger Absolutely. players. Um, what is it like when you're a free agent? Um, you're you're kind of just looking at some teams. You're trying out for some teams. What's your What's your mindset like? What's it like getting in there day in and day out? Yeah, you know what? It's that's a very good point, and it's a it's a good thing to talk about because it's not easy. That's for sure, right? And, and especially uh, someone like myself spending so long in Vancouver and really, you know, being um, you know a part of that program for, for well, pretty much in my entire career up until that point. Of course, uh, it's not easy because then you're like, all right, you're kind of out in the real world per se, right? So uh, I think I think the biggest thing there is just I mean connections in this in the sport and in any sport really is so important and I owe a lot to those people who help make those things happen for me. Um, but from a personal standpoint it's you know it's it's just part of the journey, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think persevering and, and being being patient at the same time is is uh, you know a really good trait to have in those situations because there's gonna be times where different coaches um, might not you know particularly want you or you don't fit the system or this and that or you do have to go out and, and prove yourself all over again kind of thing so uh, of course I think uh, I think perseverance and um, just finding those right opportunities and taking them when they come is, is a big part of that process a hundred percent agree that's that's fantastic great life lessons there and um, so we'll talk about your transitions and then you go over to the foothills now you you spend one season there, and you guys win the PDL National Championship. Uh, just talk about that run and how you decided to come home. It was just time to come home, I guess, for you and the remarkable season you guys had. Yeah, well, thank you first, first of all, for that. Um, no worries. <laughs> yeah, so, so like I said, I, I joined the Toros, and uh, again, didn't get a whole lot of playing time that season, and um, I was at the point again where um, I knew. For myself, you know, there there may have been other opportunities in the USL or, or potentially overseas, but I knew more than anything um, for my development. First and foremost, I needed to play, yeah. and also for my to, to be honest, just you know, enjoying the sport and enjoying playing. Also, wanted to be playing consistently, right? Of so, um, 
so that that weighs into the decision. And uh, I've known I've known Tommy Wilden Jr., the head coach of, of Foothills at the time, um, for a very long time. Uh, and at that point, to be fair as well, I, I started hearing about some some uh, ramblings about about CPL being something that was in the works. So I obviously was very excited for that. And yeah, was optimistic about that. But uh, long story short, you know, I just um, came back home at the end of that season. So I came back to Calgary, met with the coaching staff here. So I met with Tommy and his staff and saw the, their plan and their vision. And, and I was sold right away. I knew that um, it was going to be great for me, not only in a, in a soccer standpoint, to know that I have the opportunity to be at number one and to play, you know, regularly and a lot of minutes over the year, mm-hmm. which is what ended up happening, which was super important, um, but also to be home. Right, I, yeah, I was on the road for uh, at this point, right around seven years, and I was like, you know, it'd be be nice to be able to come back home, enjoy some time with family, and and uh, enjoy that side of things as well. Definitely, and um, turned out to be an awesome year. So <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, I know you're you're a modest guy, and I can just tell by the our, our conversation a little bit. But to the people listening. I, I'm pretty sure the goals against record um, set that record for the year um, was on the PDL first team like accolades through the moon. The team ended up winning the PDL championship. So if you could just talk about that year and what you guys were able to accomplish. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so no, I, I kind of briefly touched on it, but I come back and, and I saw the plan and the outline for the year and I knew at that point um, what what Tommy had envisioned for for the team and, and moving forward, I knew it was going to be um, you know basically a, a professionally ran program in a semi pro league. Right? Yeah. that's what we that's what we that's what we did. We we brought in players with a lot of experience, um, and you know we trained five times a week. We came in in the morning. It was it was just it was so well done that we we were in that environment to to really push ourselves and to succeed. Um, we started early, right? I mentioned that was always starting in January. Definitely. We a preseason tour to England. Yep. Um, I actually heard your chat with uh, a GH recently, so I know that um, he, he mentioned that a bit. But, he, you know, to, to just back up his his points, it's, we, we, we ran it very professionally, right? Yep. And uh, once the PEL season did come about, we were, I guess you'd say, we were, we were firing and um, uh, just a lot of depth in the team as well right? you can look through that roster and see a ton of experience a ton of guys no matter what, what team we put out there we, we were always uh, competitive we could have put out really any team and I think we would have uh, been as successful as we were but uh, yeah I, like you mentioned I mean I don't want to sit here talking about everything that happened but we, <laughs> we obviously um, had a great run of clean sheets near the end of the season we, yeah. we won the division we won the conference and then uh, went on to uh, win the league and uh, personally, like I said, first and foremost about just getting that experience and getting those minutes was, yep. was massive for me. Um, and at the same time, obviously, having a lot of success along the way and, and being on the team of the year and having the, the Golden Glove at the end of the season was, was an added bonus for sure. Of course, of course. Yeah. Fantastic season. So we're going to go into something called our FTF Drill Zone right now. So... Right now, we're just going to ask you some one-worded questions. Either you can just select one of them, then we'll go back through them and see why you selected which ones, all right? Sounds good. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so the first question I have is Adidas brand or the Nike brand? Adidas. Adidas, okay. 
Um, well, I already know the answer to this, but Buffon or Casillas? <laughs> Buffon. Buffon. Okay, next question. Win a PK shootout, so a PK shootout win, or would you like a shutout in regular time? I'll take the clean sheet in regular time, for clean sure. Clean sheet in regular time, okay. Yeah. Best Canadian player you've played with or against? <sighs> Tough one. Um, there's a few, but uh, I think a good answer would be Alfonso Davies. There you go. That's a safe <laughs> one. That's a safe one. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing pretty good so far. Um, fantastic. Uh, favorite fast food place? Uh, I'm going to give you an answer that I'm... Let's say Freshy. Freshy? Okay, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. considering that fast food. I know it's not on Hobbies. So yeah. <laughs> I like it. Tommy will be nice. He'll, he'll be happy to hear that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, go-to team in FIFA? Lazio, for sure. Lazio, okay, okay. <laughs> so we'll go back through them. So Adidas or Nike? You picked Adidas. Um, what kind are? Do you wear Adidas boots? No, actually, I don't. Okay. Um, yeah. So between the two of them, I, I've worn Umbro for the longest time. Okay. Actually, um, basically since 2013. Nice. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna wear this next year. We'll, we'll keep that. A <laughs> <laughs> um, I like them both to be fair, but I think I'm a little bit more the stripes kind of kind of style just in terms of the sneakers the runners definitely even just the apparel i think i'm more of an uh um, d-desk guy fantastic and what type of goalie gloves do you wear i wear wool sport okay. so yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give that plug out there wool sport's been taking care of me nice um, fantastic gloves and uh, same thing probably since say 2014 fantastic. they've been uh they've been taking care of me and definitely the best gloves out there Good stuff, good stuff. And then Buffon Garcia. So maybe we'll we'll switch it up. We'll replace Buffon with um, uh, Neuer. Who would you pick, Neuer or Casillas? Oh, that's, that makes it tough. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll say Casillas for that one. Okay. Okay. I was gonna I was gonna say so. Even I kind of mentioned it earlier when you're talking about different goalkeepers. Um, yeah. One thing about Casillas that I really love, um, and something that uh, kind of drawn me towards him as well is I. I Sam, similar to him in a lot of ways, just in terms of obviously not quite at his level, <laughs> um, <laughs> but in terms of the style of goalkeeper, he's also like on the goalkeeper grand scheme, uh, like scheme of things. He's uh, he's on the shorter end. Right? Okay, you know, he's, he just stands just over six feet, I think. Which yep, is close to kind of what I am. Definitely. So I think I kind of model his game more in a lot of ways, uh, especially compared to Neuer. I think. I'd be more of a Casillas than an O'Hare per se. But like, I said, but like I said, you know, there's so many, so many top keepers out there that it's still a tough question to answer. And even a guy like Lawyer, I'm like, what, what does he do super well? Of course. He does a lot of things very well, but what does he do that I think I can, you know, take bits and pieces of and try to add to my game? Fantastic, fantastic. And PK shootout win or shutout in regular time? You pick the shutout. Um, why are you going with the shutout? Yeah. Um, but clean sheets, man, that's what we play for. Shout out to what we play for. I think, uh, you know, if you can, the more clean sheets you can get, then obviously you avoid that uh, extra anxiety. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm thinking ahead with that one. But, oh. you know, uh, I think most goalkeepers will say, like, you know, regardless of, other, I mean, we have a saying that we, we talked about it at Foothills. I'm sure this was used everywhere uh, last year, but. Um, we, we said clean sheet don't get beat 
Yeah. Well done, right? So, you know, if you do your job at the back, and it's not just the goalkeeper, I strongly believe that clean sheets, shutouts are not just. I mean, to be fair, a goalkeeper can have a huge part in that if you have a standout game, for sure. For sure. But it's a team, it's a team thing. It's a defensive unit thing. It, it takes everyone to uh, to make that happen. Um, but, but for me, honestly, no better feeling. No, for, for sure. Away with, the, with the zero on the board for them is, is a nice feeling. For sure, and um, just a quick question, side question, just off what you said about the about the shutout, the shootouts and whatnot. What is your mindset going into a shootout? I always was wondering. I've, I didn't play keeper growing up. Um, I have a couple friends that are keepers, but not many. But what is it when you go into a shootout? Are you are you do you feel the same nerves as a penalty shot taker, or is it because of the low percentage that usually is when you're gonna to save the shot? What is going through your head? Yeah, good question. I personally, I think it might uh, it might be you know vary from keeper to keeper, but whether it's a, just a a penalty in a game or, or a shootout, um, I I don't feel too much pressure. I mean, unless I'm the one who gave the penalty away, yeah, I, I feel like it's always on the onus. The onus is always on the uh, on the striker or the whoever's taking the penalty. Right? For sure, it's always on the on the shooter to score. I feel definitely. So so for me as a goalkeeper, I'm like. You know, I'm not expected to save this. Yeah, yeah. Say, right? So I'm like, in a shootout, if I'm able to make one or two saves, then, then I've probably done enough. Yeah. Or, you know, usually I've done enough. Then You've hoped to, done to, enough. To, to, <laughs> hopefully they've done enough to, to allow my team to win. Or, again, if I've come away with the save, really, you can only be the hero in that situation. So, so personally, I don't feel a whole lot of pressure. Maybe that's part of the reason why... Um, that's actually an area of my game that I think I've been pretty good at lately. I had a good good record last year, so good stuff. Um, yeah, no pressure at all from, from my point of view. Good stuff, good stuff. And um, best Canadian player you've played with, um, Alfonso Davies. When did you play with them? And yeah, kind of what what made him stand out compared to the rest? Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one too uh, because I I was able to I was called into a national team, a senior national team camp a couple of years ago. So obviously there's a handful of, of you know, seasoned pros and veterans in that mix at yep. that time. Um, but Alfonso, I played with him first of all in Vancouver with WFC two. Okay. Um, I was found with the first team, but I got my minutes with the second team. Gotcha. Um, as you know, as per usual, a lot, a lot of guys were in the same boat. Yeah. Um, so trained with him a bunch. Uh, played with him a few times, and you could just see it again, even at that point. Um, he kind of had a like incredibly fast rise through the system. <laughs> you know, he, he jumped into the first team pretty much right away and, and deservedly so and, and now obviously making headlines being out of Bayern and you, you can just see it then just so explosive so powerful um, can score can create chances and you know at, even at that young age he he, uh, he made a big difference and then you know he translated that into first team minutes where he was you know making a difference in, on MLS yeah, you know, and, and and now testing the grounds up there. So yeah, it was just uh, clear to see, right? I think, yeah. I think anyone who, who's watched him play or played with him or against him knows the, the potential he has and what he can do on the field. His his level definitely. I've heard the same yeah. thing from a couple other people. They say the exact same things you just uttered. Yeah, um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so, favorite fast food spot. So, what are you ordering at Freshy? What what's your go to? You know what? The reason I gave you that answer too is because I think I went there like three times last week. <laughs> um, there's a business spot close by where we 
reach train and I'm bouncing around a bit doing some stuff and I'm like oh, hit it up it's good man I don't know uh, I mix it up the, the bowls they have yeah good good filling this one the pangola bowl that's a good one okay <laughs> but yeah I think if I try my best to um, you know make, make good choices part of the you know being a professional you have to take care of your body and um, diet's a big part of that so you know even when I'm on the road eating that kind of thing or if I'm on the boat going out for, for something quick yep Good stuff. And, and to be honest, I've, I've kind of always leaned that way anyway, so um, I love it. Yeah, it's delicious. Good I'd stuff. Recommend, I'd recommend the listeners to go try something else. There we go. There we go. Look at that. Look maybe, at that. A little freshy spot right maybe there. Maybe get a commission from Freshy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to figure that in somehow. They got to plug that in. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, and then go to team and feet for your pick in Lazio. Is that just because of the bias or are you really beating people with this team? <laughs> coming out of me. I uh, I don't think I'm beating many many guys. You know, I, I'm not very good in the first place. I don't play a lot in the first place, but just based on my loyalty, I'm choosing them, no doubt. Fantastic, fantastic. So that that was great. You survived FTF Drill Zone. That was very well done. Nice. Um, I must say so. I must say so. So now we're gonna move on, and we're just gonna talk about the year with Cavalry FC. Um, what's in plan, and how are, how excited are you for the season to start? excited at, the, at this point like I said I mean um, before I came back to Calgary so at the end of 2017 there was just again just rumors here and there I was, I was reaching out to people just to see what was going on yep. and, and at that point I was excited so now that it's that it's a reality and it's really just right around the corner I'm, I'm so excited for the season to start I'm excited to represent my home my home city to play for Calgary it's just really a dream come true something I really never thought would have ever happened you know even at for me as a player, right? Maybe maybe further down the line, but now that it's here, it's it's really meaningful, really exciting, and I can't wait. So right now it's just about working hard, getting ready to go, and then uh, you know it's it's the first year, so everyone's starting from from scratch in a lot of ways, and yep. it'll be exciting and interesting to see how things play out. But uh, one thing I know for sure is you know myself personally, but also as a team here, we'll we'll be prepared for it. So. Uh, I just can't wait for it to get going. Definitely. And you you touched on it a little bit. I just want the fans to kind of wrap their heads around this. But So Calgary, the, the Foothills PDL team had a great run. And there was a lot of players. Like you said, there was a lot of depth on the team, a lot of great guys on the team. It's kind of to the outsider looking in. It's kind of been like there's almost been a split ever since the signings started to happen. Some guys going to Edmonton, some go, some guys going to Calgary. We know you guys have the Al Classico rivalry going. What's it going to be like to face some of your old teammates that were just your teammates last summer? Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's, it's part of it, right? Everyone, um, obviously, yeah, like you, you mentioned, there's quite a few guys here that um, are local in Edmonton or have ties there. So, um, you know, they decided to go go represent their hometown and that's totally fair enough and uh, it was fun though it was really fun even on our um, fall series that we had when we played yep. um, just the prospects version as it was dubbed yeah, um, yeah. it was interesting because you know not even a month or two before a lot of us were on the same team winning a championship together right? <laughs> of course. so uh, that, always, that always makes for uh, some, some fun banter and um, always good to, to just you know, test yourself against those kind of guys there's, there's that rivalry and I think even now it's 
again, it was just a prospect version, and even that was was super meaningful. And you could see, you know, the, the support that came out to watch the games, uh, how competitive the games were. It just went to show. It was a little teaser for what's to come next year. So, um, you know, got, players move teams, and this happens. But at the end of the day, you just play for the crest that's on your on your jersey, right? So, it's not to play against old teammates, but uh, yeah, it's just just part of the process fantastic and i know i know rosters are just forming and that will probably be a game you definitely mark on your calendar but what's another team maybe like the vancouver pacific i know british columbia that kind of, but what's another game you might get up for um a little bit extra based on like the rosters or just maybe location of where that some teams are right now yeah you, you you brought up a very good point with definitely pacific would be one um just in terms of you know going back to you know, it's, it's on the island and not in Vancouver, but it's still, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of ex Whitecaps players that are being signed. So yeah, there'll be there'll be a similar way there, some former teammates, and so that that'll definitely be a fun one, and, and also just to just to be out there and, and see some old faces for sure. Um, I feel like almost almost every team you could point at something right because this this league and this is something that's so special about the CPL is that um, you know it's built by and for Canadians, right? Yeah. So you, you're seeing it everywhere. There's there's uh, you know, national team guys I used to play the national team with or, or coaches that I've played under, this and that, that, you know, that pop up everywhere. So there's definitely going to be, um, you know, something special about, about each occasion for sure. But, uh, I mean, Edmonton, without a doubt, is going to be <laughs> definitely the one that we'll, we'll mark on the calendars right away. 100%. Um, but, but I think, I think Victoria, Victoria's uh, Pacific FC would definitely be the, the next one definitely. after that. Fantastic. And um, next question here. We're almost, we're almost at the end of it. But I just wanted to ask, so what is Tommy like a coach? I know um, there's been a whole bunch of CPL interviews and you see him talking on a whole bunch of things. But what, what can fans, what can people expect from, from Tommy and what, you're, what kind of product you guys are going to play? I think first and foremost, uh, it's the standard that, that he holds, which which makes him such a great coach. Uh, he's incredibly professional, and, and we saw that with the PDLs not only last year, but you know the, the, the years before that. Um, yeah, great things, years, things, great years. Yeah, right, like things changed last year for sure, but before that, in terms of the players we were able to bring in and, and the level that we kind of changed it to for sure. 100%. But before that, the team was always competitive. Yeah. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with with Tommy first and foremost. Um, again, he holds he holds not only the players but the staff and, and everything about the club and the team to a very high standard. And mm-hmm. I think that shows on the field uh, in a lot of ways. But as a coach, he, he's challenging, he's demanding. Um, but at the same time, something that I think um, also makes him such a great coach is just you know personal and social edge that he's got. That you know he. He's uh, close with a lot of his players uh, in the right way. He finds that right balance, and like I said, he, he holds you accountable and pushes you, but um, uh, treats you as a friend when you need to be treated as a friend, kind of thing. So that's good. Um, I, I think that's something that, that that makes a great coach for sure, and that's a trait Tommy definitely has uh, on the field. He again, I think that demanding aspect comes back. He, he you know, regardless of what happens, you can always control. The, how hard you work so that's yeah. something he's harped on and um, that also kind of shows in the teams whether you're the best technical team or not or best prepared tactically uh, it's always going to be a fight right it's always going to be you know hard work is going to play a, a massive part in it 
and uh, and he holds his teams accountable in that sense. So I think I think with us next year, you're going to see a team that's very organized, um, a team that's well balanced, but um, you know we'll, we'll be explosive on the attack. And at the same time, I think we're going to be built off of a solid defensive phase and uh, or a solid defensive you know group. Yeah, uh, I think that's that was a big part of our success last year in the PDL, and then that might be something we're going to want to. Well, definitely will be something we're going to want to translate and, and continue on next year. For sure, for sure. And goals for yourself. So Marco Carducci in the next five years, let's say eight years, um, talking World <laughs> Cup, hinting at something right there. Yeah, but, um, yeah. What are what what's are happen- your go- what's happening in eight years? <laughs> I don't know. You t- you tell me. <laughs> but um, what what are your goals as a player, as an individual? What are you looking to get to as a keeper? Um, I've always. I mean, I, I'm definitely goal oriented, and, and and I set goals for myself. I don't try to be overly specific in a lot of ways because in, in this you know sport in general, but also in life, you just, you can't predict a lot of things. To be fair, of course. Um. I would say in, in the near future, so let's say the next you know three to five years, um, for my career, it would be it would be you know again if I'm still here in the CPL, then and that's the best place for me to be. Then absolutely, I just want to be a consistent starter. Um, yeah. You know, continually improving my game, um, and the big thing there for sure, and, and whether it takes me overseas or, or I stay here and continue to grow with the league, which is something I, I definitely hope for, for sure as well, mm-hmm. um, would be to be called into the national team and be a regular with the senior men's national team. Because like you said, something special is happening. Obviously, <laughs> I guess now it's seven years, but uh, a few years down the line, I want to be um, the starter for the national team at the World Cup. Simple as that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And we, we know you can get there on the, the right path, doing some great things. So, just want to end this off. Is there any advice that you would give to a young kid, maybe particularly a young keeper, who's maybe on the same path, similar path that you were at their age? Anything you would want to want to tell them? For sure, I think I think uh, this would be applicable for for any player, but definitely a goalkeeper in particular is a big thing, and it's something I, I've learned recently. Is is and I touched on it before. Is just persevere. Yeah. Um, it's it's never going to be a, a smooth ride per se, um, but uh, persevere, continue to, to push yourself every day. Um, again, it's, there's going to be ups and downs, and it's about just riding those out and, and understanding that they're going to come. But at the end of the day, if you hold yourself to a to a high level, if you go in every day to training, or you know whether you're in the off season, whatever you can do every single day to make yourself a bit better, and then you just keep going at it. Uh, you persevere through through the ups and downs, you know, then you just let the ride take you where it'll take you. So sure. that's all I'll say. Yeah. For sure. And is there anyone that you know who's been listening, got through the this whole thing that you want to give a quick shout out to and just say thank you to? Uh, oh, I don't. I'm not sure. But if I mean, if it's uh, a coach or someone who's involved, obviously been involved in my career, then you know you know who you are, and I appreciate you for everything you've done. Uh, my family first and foremost again uh, always supported me along the way especially with my dad uh, so thank you and uh, yeah I suppose I'd be it fantastic well this is a hybrid version our first one of amateur slash pro spotlight with Marco Carducci Marco thanks for joining us and really appreciate thank it thank you yeah thank you Marcus I really appreciate it um, honestly you guys are doing a fantastic job 
So quick shout out to you guys for everything you're doing. Um, growing the game, helping, helping, doing your part, taking it to the next level. So I appreciate that as well. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. All righty.